Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, welcome to this episode of Odd Date Money. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, and today we have a special guest, Mallory. She is here to help recovering people pleasers. I'm one of those. I'm a recovering people pleaser. She's helping them to reclaim their pleasure and be more vibrant in life. So it's really interesting the tools that she has. So tune on in and let's hear what Kristen has to or what Mallory has to say. <laughs> Call her by her middle name now. <laughs> Let's hear what she has to say. Thank you so much, Mallory, for being here and for sharing this space. Um, just, just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and what you've been up to for the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, I have, gosh, <laughs> well, I recently got certified to be an erotic blueprint coach, and um, that's uh, been a really big thing for me. Um just because pretty early on when I was counting countering that work, I was also doing a lot of really um, in-depth money work at the same time. And I started really kind of seeing the links between. And, you know, I was never one of those people who desired to like go to an investment class and learn how to go invest in the stock market. And like those, those more like how to, brainy things. I, I never wanted to invest in real estate to flip houses or anything like that. And um, so I was like, well, what do I do? Because that seems to be what, what like money people do, right? Um, and, you know, what I have found is that the more that you follow your threads of pleasure, um, and if pleasure gives you the heebie-jeebies, um, feel free to substitute that with the word like joy. Mm -hmm. um aliveness um because to me those are all pretty much the same things but yeah. the more that you follow your joy the more that you follow what makes you feel alive um that's actually where the money sort of starts to just yeah. come yeah and that is so true because like we all seek that pleasure that joy we all want that happiness from the inside out right mm -hmm. I, I like to refer to it as peace peace and joy beyond understanding yeah and I, I like how you said that, like not everybody's cut out to be a real estate investor or to work with money or, or to make money. Like, you know, so many have multiple income streams. So finding your niche, finding your, using your gifts and talents, knowing what you love and then sharing that with others, that what makes, that's what creates wealth. 
and create that wealth that's everlasting because once you love what you're doing, you get to do it and it doesn't matter. And the wealth just flows and it's in abundance and it keeps being attracted to you because you're you're coming from a place of joy. You're coming from a place of pleasure. You're coming from a place of abundance. So what was it like before you discovered this tool of yours? <laughs> Life like with your money and you know all the craziness and the roller coaster ride that we go on. Um, I will I will say this that I definitely had way more scarcity stuff coming up when I was a teacher with a stable job and insurance and like all of the things that everybody tells you creates financial security. I went mm -hmm. to school, I got a degree, I got a, I got a teaching job. I was making X amount. I had a salary schedule of after so many years, here's what you make. Like everything that everybody tells us is security. And I had more scarcity mindset back then than I did when I said, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur now had no idea what I was doing, had no idea what I was getting into and realized, huh, this is not quite as stable as I would like. It. <laughs> it's pretty scary. All it those multi six figure, you know, uh, earners out there say like, oh, I can help you do this in three weeks. No, you can't. <laughs> it's going to take a little bit longer than that. It's going to take a little bit longer than that. I mean, I get, I get the, I get the the sell for that because it's like if you do have a following and you do have you know a network maybe it is a shift in your messaging maybe it is a shift in you know how often you're asking for the sale in your marketing and and it could make a huge shift for you in three weeks right. um but the truth of the matter is if you're starting from scratch it's probably not going to happen in three yeah. weeks it could it's possible, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> all things being equal, like, you know, most entrepreneurs have the feast and famine months. Right. And mm -hmm. we think about the feast and famine, like teachers are kind of familiar with this because they work and get paid for 10 months out of the year. And a lot of them draw that salary and they're like, oh, I need a, I need a part-time job in the summer because I'm not going to get paid. And there are teachers who will just like, I'm going to take it and divide it by 12 and create that system so that they're optimizing, right? But when you think about the, the shift from the nine to five to the entrepreneurial, that scary feeling of, oh, I don't have the steady income coming in. I have savings. And this is actually one of the questions um, one of our listeners had asked, should I get a job? or continue to live off my savings while I'm building my business. So for you and your personal journey, did you quit your job cold turkey and then start your entrepreneur? Or did you kind of like move into uh, it slowly? I, I moved into it slowly. You know, I quit teaching and then I took a job as a virtual assistant for an online coach. And while I wasn't making very much um, and like financially, it was a huge challenge. It was a huge challenge. I, I would venture so far as to say as it was a struggle um, those first couple of years. But I learned a lot. I mm -hmm. learned a lot being on the back end, seeing all of the things, um, things to do and things not to do. Um, so I really look at that time as um, I look at that time as as a really, really, really long internship. 
um, <laughs> into, entre into entrepreneurship. But, um, you know, the, the bottom line is I know how to do what I do with social media marketing and content development and course development from being behind the scenes of this business. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was a challenge. It was a, it was a struggle and it's a lot harder to create abundance and it's a lot harder to stay in abundance mindset when in the back of your brain, you're like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to make rent? Do I have enough money for groceries? Am I going to be able to pay all my bills? And it's, it's challenging. It's yeah. Challenging. So when it, so, you know, to the question, the person who asked the question, I would say, what makes you feel more secure? Mm -hmm. Maybe you get something part-time that's just mornings and then you work your business in the afternoon. Um, so then you're not dwindling away the savings. Um, I personally went the, I'm going to live off my savings route. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I did have the part-time job, but essentially I was also using savings to supplement what I was not making with the, with the part-time job slash building the business as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I don't know if I would have done anything differently to be perfectly honest, mm -hmm. but I would pose the question back to that person. What makes you feel more, most secure? Right. Exactly. So then you can create from the place of security from that foundation. And that's a beautiful answer. And when entrepreneurs are thinking like, especially if they're, they're nine to five and they're thinking, Oh, I want to shift from my nine to five to entrepreneurship. Having that savings fund is so important so that you have a security mechanism to help you through that. And a lot of times people will, you know, earmark something for savings and they're taught, oh, I can't touch this. This is for my rainy day fund. But then the rainy day fund never comes. So really knowing <laughs> you're touching your nose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more about that. <laughs> well, I was taught that as well. And, you know, so one of the things that I do do is a sacred money archetypes work. So I often talk about that the energetics of money the you know the mindset of money the know-how of money those are all really important things but for me what i needed was something like this sacred money archetypes framework to really land everything so that anything that i'm doing any action that i'm taking i'm doing it from a place of i am this version of wealth and abundance that as it means to me and any actions that i'm take is from me already being it Mm -hmm. I would say that this would be the thing that like really landed all of the money work that I was doing. So I was touching my nose because I was like, oh my gosh, that's such an accumulator archetype. Mm -hmm. um, um, so there's eight of them. Is it okay if I talk about them? Just Absolutely. because I'm so excited about them? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, there are eight sacred money archetypes and each archetype has, you know, super special superpowers and they each also have a shadow aspect of them. And we have all eight within us. They just mm -hmm. play a little bit differently depending on who we are, what our archetypes are you know, driving the bus at the moment, because that can actually shift and change over time depending on what's happening for you. Um, but the important thing is that we have all of them. So even if you're hearing something coming out of my mouth that you're like, oh, that's so not me, there's probably an aspect somewhere mm -hmm. in there because um, this is deep work. I'm really only going to give a really short overview. Yeah. But um, so the accumulator archetype is your inner banker. 
So think about someone who's really good with accounting and like I personally would not hire somebody to work the finance side of my business if they did not have this as a top archetype because <laughs> these are the people who money and then it's outwardly a match made in heaven they take really really good care they have savings they likely carry very little to no debt um, probably no debt they're really good at scrimping and saving and being frugal um you know so that's kind of the superpowers and the and the the great parts about them the shadow side about of them is that you know on the complete shadowy shadow side of it think ebenezer scrooge <laughs> they think that you know certain things that we would consider you know we need this to live are things that they consider to be luxuries so i use the example of ebenezer scrooge and coal right. if it's snowing outside you can bet i'm gonna have my heat on <laughs> I'm not just going to sit there and wrap myself up in 45 blankets because I don't want to turn the heat on. Like that's yeah. a necessity. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people would agree with that. Um, so that's the accumulator. Uh, the alchemist is your inner idealist. So I like to think about this um, archetype as the modern day hippie. Um, they are really focused on transformation, leading social movements and that kind of stuff. The challenge for them is that they can become so focused on that, that they um, they don't pay attention to finances. And so they can create situations for themselves where they become dependent on another because they just want this vision. They're just they're just really focused on this vision of transformation for the world, essentially. Um, the ruler, I see this one a lot in people who are entrepreneurs. Um, who have an entrepreneurial spirit, because these are the inner empire builders. These are the ones who are visionary. They have something big that they want to create, and they're really, really gifted at creating situations where everybody prospers. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody wins. The challenge for the ruler, and you can see this in lots of entrepreneurs out there, is that they can often have a really hard time being present in the moment and in their lives because they're so focused on that vision. It's hard for them to sit there and to connect with their partners or to go out and have fun with their friends because they're driven to overwork, essentially. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, a few rulers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely my top archetype for sure. <laughs> but I also have in my top three, I have Alchemist, which I just talked about, mm -hmm. um, and then Romantic, which I'm just about to talk about. Uh, which I feel like creates a really nice balance, actually. So the romantic is actually your inner hedonist. So um, they just want to bask in all of the luxuries that life has to offer. Um, they are all about the good food, the good wine, um, having clothing on their skin that just feels really good and just being in their joy. Mm -hmm. The challenge is that they're often driven to overspend because... <laughs> life is meant to be lived now why do we need savings let's just go be free like so that's the, <laughs> that's the challenge for the romantic and you know they they often kind of have to sit with like that a way that we can show ourselves that we love ourselves is through creating financial security mm -hmm. so um that may be a thing that I'm probably working on a little bit right now <laughs> as 
having a romantic in um, some of my top archetypes. Yeah. <laughs> my romantic likes to drive the bus. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how we can all have, like we definitely have all parts of these. And I have seven archetypes, um, money personalities, Gary the gambler, Ian the investor, saver and sell the spender, Harry the hoarder, Gary, did I say Gary the giver already? And I, as you were sharing your architect, I'm like, oh, that, that would be Ian, the investor, and that would be Gary, and that would be <laughs> Maverick. And it's so amazing because I always say we all have these personalities within us, but who's driving the bus? And that, that mindset, that thought process is what gets us the results because subconsciously we do these things, right? Yeah. You know, I can picture the ruler and at times I've been a ruler, but I'm, I'm, I probably have to go look at it more closely. I love taking personality quizzes. So I'm sure you have a link to share with us. <laughs> yeah, I can give you, I can give you that. There's a PDF Put that in that. the show notes. Um, because yeah. I am like, a, I am a personality quiz nerd. Like, oh, wait, a personality, let, let me know more. I just recently learned about human design and poorly. Oh, <laughs> what's your uh, profile and energy type? A generator 5-1. Oh, I'm a five one uh, manifester. So we have the same profile line. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, it is. Oh, this could be such a such a long conversation. And when you know this, like you had talked about like the blueprint pre-show. And I was thinking, yeah, like everything we do is based on our own blueprint, our own gifts and talents and our thought process. You know, how our thoughts are shaped while we're growing up. And especially when it comes towards money, when we're investing in things. I always like to say we're not spending money on things we're investing whether it be a product or a service we're literally just taking the energy of money and changing it to a different type of energy through that product or through that service and of course everything is made out of energy and when i think about that so many people get hung up on the cash flow right right they, they hold that money in their hands you know they have that bill in their hand or that credit you know that swiping their card or whatever and then it's like almost like a tug, like that resistance. Oh, what I, I gotta, I'm gonna get this for what? Is it really worth it? Oh, maybe I won't do it. And where I see the most resistance is in women to invest in themselves. And you are a people pleaser, you know, reformer, helper person, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna call you the people pleaser coach. I was, I'm a former people pleaser. I spent so much time people pleasing that I was a last person. I mean, I was raised to believe that. I didn't take care of myself until everyone else was taken care of. And because of that, I created debt and racked up debt. Even though I'm really good with finances, mm -hmm. I racked up hundred thousand dollars worth of debt because I was so worried, you know, about people pleasing. I would raise the bar, just get more money, more money would come in and more money would go out. Yeah. So my question for you, as you help people through people pleasing, when it comes to their money and their finances and their investments, what do you see the biggest resistance in them in comparison with these archetypes? So I see, um, as far as the sacred money archetype framework, you just described a nurturer archetype mm -hmm. um, that probably wants a little bit of healing. <laughs> um, the nurturer is the inner sponsor um, they are givers. They, they want to help. They're really great friends to have in your, in their corner, in your corner. Um, and the challenge for them is they can create debt for themselves because they helped. They're so busy helping other people. Mm -hmm. And what I say to people is because I call myself a self-love coach first, okay. because everything that I do 
really kind of follows that thread of self-love. And, you know, when we talk about energetics of money, when you're giving to the point of creating debt, you're actually also giving the energy of the debt that you're creating for yourself. So you might think that you're giving them $10,000 or whatever they've asked for um, to support them and whatever, and you've created debt. So you've also energetically given them debt. And it's the same thing with giving of your time, giving of your energy, giving of your focus, is that if you're giving to the point where you are so depleted, depletion has also entered. Like you're, you're not giving, wouldn't you much rather give joy? Wouldn't you much rather give abundance? Like, wouldn't you much rather be so full up yourself that the giving doesn't even feel like giving? It's Mm -hmm. just happening naturally because you're so focused here on yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a hard thing for people to get their minds around. Because another question I get a lot of the time is, well, if I'm focused on myself, how do I not make sure that I don't turn into a narcissist? To which I say, the fact that you're even concerned <laughs> that you're not a narcissist. <laughs> because narcissists, true narcissists, don't care. Right. And, you know, it, it, and narcissism and self-love are two totally separate things. Right. right. Um, it's like being concerned that my chair is going to randomly, spontaneously turn itself into a squirrel. Like, they're two <laughs> separate things. They're, they're not on the same pole. And the more that you give to yourself, and that might look like, for a while at least, so you can regroup, it might look like you're not, you're not giving at all, or it might feel that way, even though you totally are, you're probably just not recognizing it. Um, (laughs) um, So that you can come back to you, Mm -hmm. and come back to the things that truly give you joy to do. Um, Because we can get so taught, like caught up in resentment and martyrdom um, that we think that we never want to give again. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that when we come back and we actually nurture ourselves first, giving becomes the most fun thing ever. Yeah. And it gives, and it gives back to you in return. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because, you know, I have an energetically aligned money multiplier system. That's all about, you know, giving and investing and having fun with money, like enjoying the money that you do receive um, and having that pleasure, having that dopamine hit. Because it's like, wow, I'm 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 rocking this. Not only do I get to do what I love, but I get to enjoy the money while I'm doing it. And I'm growing this beautiful empire. When you think about your biggest challenge with your own money strategies in your business do you have, um, what's your biggest challenge that you can share with the audience that you're comfortable sharing with the audience in managing your finances with your business in comparison to your personal expenses? I think probably my biggest challenge is actually related to my connector sacred money archetype, which is the, it's your inner relationship builder and they're really great at connecting people they love having conversations with people they love meeting new people they love being part of the long-term transformation and having these long-term relationships with people and the challenge which is my current challenge is that 
we become so focused on building the relationship that sometimes the thought of money or, or um, how do I want to put this? For the connector, it can often be difficult for them to ask for money mm -hmm. because they just want to focus on the relationship. They just want to focus on the transformation. And, you know, there's, there's sometimes, you know, there's boundaries, there's lines between, you know, what I offer as a friend and what I offer as, hey, these are actually, this is actually part of my services. And, you know, sometimes that can get a little, that can get a little wonky because there's things that I'm happy to give. There's advice that I'm happy to give as a friend. And then there's a, at some point, there's a tipping point of, okay, we're crossing into this more professional territory. So this isn't a money grab. However, this is a service that I offer. And, um, and I think sometimes like really acknowledging where that line is, mm -hmm. is sometimes a little bit, a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, and I totally agree with that because a lot of times our friends will find out what we're doing and they're like, oh, well, I'm your friend. You should do this for free for me. And we have freebies for our friends. They're called ebooks. Right. <laughs> and they're called right. podcasts. But really respecting that, like, you know, one of the things that I help my clients with is crafting an offer, offer that they're confident in delivering. Because if you're not confident in delivering, your services, you're never going to be able to sell it, right? You're never going to be able to build that momentum, that business. So it's so important to be energetically aligned to what you're doing and believing in yourself. And you have a beautiful, so many gifts and talents that you put under this umbrella. So tell us more about what you do. Yeah. So as I mentioned a little bit before, um, everything that I do, come, I feel in my mind falls under the self-love umbrella. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, in specifically the sacred money archetypes work, it's about loving all of aspects of ourselves. Like, it, I feel like it's really easy to love the superpowers, but can you love the little Ebenezer Scrooge that lives in there? Mm -hmm. Can you love the part of you that maybe sometimes becomes a, a little dependent on others for finances? Can you, or has a desire to be taken care of? Um, to me, that's all part of it. And um, I really, truly help people come back to themselves again, because I don't think there's enough conversation out there about how lost we can get mm -hmm. with all of the shoulds, what we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, particularly the people who come to me are the ones who have, they've checked all the items off the list, you know, mm -hmm. they've they got the house, they got the partner, they got the kids, they got the career, maybe they have a really nice car thrown in there somewhere. And they wake up one day and go, is this it? Is this really everything? I did everything that everybody all my life told me was going to make me happy. And I am not fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So we journeyed together to find that fulfillment from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And making the changes, whatever it is. And a lot of times it's not about the external right. changes, you know, people, I just want to be clear, people aren't coming to me and then, and then saying, why am I not fulfilled in this marriage or in this whatever, and then everybody's breaking up and, you know, it's not like that. <laughs> but we find ways to conscious, like, 
giving them conscious communication tools so they can deepen that relationship because it's not about having the marriage and checking the box or having the partnership and checking the box. It's about how do we make this fulfilling for both of us together? And so that's the work that we do. Mm -hmm. um, Beautiful. Yeah, make life fun and joyful and pleasurable and alive again. Yeah, that's absolutely. what I do in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. And self-love is so important because, you know, if you don't love yourself, you can't love anyone else. And it does come from the inside out and external factors do play a part. And we always want to blame it on, you know, this or that. But when in actuality, it's the way that we're receiving the information. Our mm -hmm. thoughts are the most powerful tool that we have. And to be able to captivate them so that we can get the results that we want is so important. So what would be one great tip that you can share with the audience that would help them move the needle in their finances towards abundance versus the scarcity mindset that a lot of entrepreneurs have? Follow the thread of pleasure or joy or aliveness, whatever word does not get you the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> I think pleasure is good. And thank you so much, Mallory. I really enjoyed having you here. And as we part, what are some words of wisdom you'd like to share with the listeners? Hmm. Love you first. Hmm. Because when you do that, you give others the opportunity to love you too. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. And for those of you who are listening, please check the show notes, check out that personality thing. And if you haven't experienced the money dating game, what are you waiting for? Go find your partner. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. Thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it.